Want to get free tips in your inbox? I know what you're thinking. Ugh, sign up for your spam emails in my inbox every day. No thanks. Don't worry, I won't be emailing you more than once per week. And each email will contain insightful, valuable, actionable tips that you can apply to your podcast today to get closer to Podmastery. Sign up now at podmastery.co. That's podmastery.co. It's 7am. I've just arrived in London for today's podcast show. I'm sat in this beautiful little park near Paddington Station, uh, just by the Shakespeare Hotel where I'm storing my bags for the day. I'm sat on this park bench that clearly states that Carly and Matt are forever. Young love. So at this point, I don't know what to expect at the show. I didn't go last year. This is my first year of attendance. And the way that I feel about it right now, and this is going to be interesting to see whether by the end of the episode, I feel the same way. But the way I feel right now is I'm about to go to a massive cliquey circle jerk loaded with speakers that are going to be shilling their wares, not really sharing a great deal in terms of insight, and it's all going to be very heavily funneled, sales funneled, lots of on-ramps. Oh, sign up for my email newsletter. So it's going to be interesting to see whether or not that is indeed what I experienced today or whether it's very different. And I will very honestly give my appraisal at the end and let you know, was I right or was I wrong? Hello, delicious podcaster. So I just got back from the podcast show in London. Yep, the very one that last year I said I'd never attend. This year I decided to go with an open mind and zero expectation. And I did it for two reasons. Number one, I realized I couldn't really shit talk an event that I hadn't actually been to in person. Secondly, as I grow up and mature as a nearly 50-year-old man, I'm trying to challenge my thinking and perceptions more. And I felt like this was a really good opportunity. There wasn't really much in the way of FOMO, which a lot of people seem to think there was, and that that was the catalyst for my decision to go this year. I had a sneaky suspicion that my peers wouldn't be learning anything that I didn't already know anyway. That's not arrogance. It's just an assumption based on the kind of content I see being posted. So, how did I find it? Well, let's get into it. Day one. Well, the place is chock full of the who's who of podcasting, or rather, the who paid who to be there. A bit harsh, maybe? Or was it just the truth and jest, as they say? Now, don't get me wrong, it's great to see the podcasting community come together. I'm a big fan of that, but uh, I'm not one to bury my head in the sand, and I see when there's shady stuff going on. And there was shady stuff going on. A lot of people getting pulled off into other rooms. A lot of people being protected from the general grunt public, of which I was a member. I was in no way given any opportunities at this event. No speaking, no VIP. I had to sneak my way into the speaker's lounge to have a chat with somebody that was booked as a speaker. But, you know, you kind of expect that. It's a big money event. And people that were actually exhibiting, friends I knew, who were paying them to be there with a stand. Even they weren't allowed to speak. 
But yeah, among the highlights were the excellent networking opportunities and the chance to see some innovative tools. <laughs> but enough about the people from Acast. <laughs> Just kidding. Not really. I haven't forgiven you for the shonky marketing f*** up of 2021 when you scraped all those email addresses. Anyway, back to the show. So what about the talks themselves then? Well, it seems podcast show talks are like porn clips. You spend hours scrolling through the ones you know will leave a bad taste in your mouth, and then suddenly the ones you do want all come along at once, excuse the pun, and you're like, I can't decide which one will leave me feeling satiated. Seriously, though, way too many talks put on at the same time. They need to slow their roll on that particularly since many of the talks were utter shit and seemed to be an excuse to whack some know-nothing influencer on the stage. And some of the speakers were just absolutely diabolical. I mean, it was embarrassing. I get it, ad tech giant. You've paid 10 grand to have your boy or gal on stage, but at least invest in some public speaking training, will you? Also, fascinating to see that Global's behaviour in the podcasting space is becoming just as cringe as they were in the radio space. I actually felt like rushing up to the stage to give Holly Tucker a sympathetic hug when she was forced to awkwardly sit there during a talk while a ridiculously overly long two-minute video promo for Global as a brand was played on the big screen and it had zero correlation with the guest or the equally diabolical host, some guy from Made in Chelsea, who apparently didn't know what an interview was, despite having a podcast that does interviews with people. And he even audibly told himself off for waffling about four times. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Especially the fact that his waffling caused the event to run over by a good two minutes and caused a health and safety nightmare with the old audience exiting and the new audience entering the theatre. Ugh. Facepalm. There we go. Seems secure enough. Hotel room working. I have no idea how people like James Cridland do this it's so uncomfortable to perch a laptop and a microphone on a little desk bureau well it's not even a desk bureau it's a little table with a kettle and a couple of cups and some hotel milk on it so day two of the podcast show it's about to get underway it is now 9 19 i'm fashionably late always am um i don't like going to the beginnings of these things because it's always a lot of awkward kind of wandering around booths and trying to figure out who you want to chat to and the networking part of it is is fun when it's in the right context but first thing in the morning before I've had all my coffee, it's not the best. So let's roll back through yesterday, what we learned from day one of the podcast show. When I say we, I'm talking the royal we. I believe a lot of other people probably took a lot of different things from it than I did. But here's what I took from day one of the podcast show. It's not for indies. I'm sorry. Uh, as far as people like these and the British Podcast Awards and other 
organized, institutionalized aspects of the podcast industry are concerned, there's no room for indies. And as much as people might sort of shout about them, like two years ago at the British Podcast Awards, the last time I attended, there was a clear divide between the branded podcast, the BBC Sounds podcast, the Wondery podcasts, Amazon Music podcasts, whoever it is, Spotify podcasts, whoever's making these podcasts, there's a clear wall up between them and the indie podcaster, the podcaster that's sitting there with the microphone in their spare bedroom and producing content for, well, for content's sake mainly, but also obviously with a vision to generate some kind of return on it in the longer term. That is evident at the podcast show that that is a dying breed, honestly. Unless you are a brand or you are taking this seriously and you are willing to invest cash and or staff into creating this podcast thing that you're doing, you don't have a hope in hell. It's literally moving away from you. And what was really interesting to me, one of the talks I attended yesterday, I will go into detail in this with this uh, in a little while, actually with the main section of this podcast. But one of the things that really stood out for me is there is an awareness of the fact that indie podcasters are being left behind. I went to one talk with Dan Meisner from We Are Bumper. Very clever chap. Very insightful. Some of his slides were just epic, and I even took photographs of them. You know I'm interested in something, and you know that I feel someone is actually offering something and bringing something to the table here when I take photographs of their slideshows. Not the most exciting photographs to take, believe me. And he even made it quite clear the panellists he was talking with were from uh, an insights agency. They were literally doing insight surveys with podcasters they were working with and figuring out, you know, how their podcasts were measuring up against other podcasts and against their own podcast episodes. And it was interesting how Dan made it quite clear that, yeah, this is great for, uh, you know, a big brand or a big agency or uh, somebody that has the ability, the resources to invest in this financially. But what about for other people, for people that don't have any budget at all? And that's a huge chunk. That's probably the majority of the podcasting industry in the UK. It is largely hobbyist-led. And so what about them? What are they left with? Well, what they're left with is free tools and figuring it out for themselves. That was also really evident in another talk that I attended, which was with my, my friend Liam Heffernan, uh, who works with uh, Lindsay Gould at the Podcast Boutique. And I believe he's at Audi as well, Liam. And in his panel, he was with uh, a couple of other people. One of them was a mental health podcaster. Links and content details in the show notes, of course. And uh, a, a young lady who was talking about being all on her own and having to teach herself. And she was making it quite clear that for indies, it's really not easy. It absolutely isn't easy. And it's really easy for everyone else. And you know, the Spotify podcasters, the influencer podcasters, the podcasters with profile, the podcasters that are attached to brands. A huge amount of my podcasters have a lot of this heavy lifting taken away from them. And yeah, that's become really apparent to me. So we'll see what day two holds in store. I have a meeting with a uh, 
Apia, who also runs a podcasting agency in the US. Well, Fatima, her name is, and it's going to be interesting to get her take on how she feels the industry is kind of placed right now. So, yes, uh, it's still too early to call it. If, if, you ha- if you were to ask me to judge the whole show based on just day one, or as in day one of the two days that I attended, the main days that all the punters are allowed to come to, I didn't go to the VIP show preview. I, I don't. Um, but if you were to ask me to base my whole experience on day one, aside from the fact that this hotel I'm in right now is right next to a prison... <laughs> And you can think on that one how you like, whether that's the safest place in London to be or the least safe place in London to be. Depends on your viewpoint. Yeah, they probably want to get as far the hell away from this prison as, as they possibly can if they get out. But that said, you know, there's a reason that they're there. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't call it right now. I mean, I could, but it would be unfair to. So that's why I am, at the time of recording about to go for day two and I will keep you posted I will let you know what I think of the whole overall event later in this episode now I want to take a minute specifically to talk about the titles of the talks themselves they were pure clickbait gold Unlocking the mysteries of podcast success or how to make millions from your podcast. Okay, I've completely exaggerated on those, but they're not a million miles away from the ones that were actually used. It's kind of the vibe they were going for. And only maybe two of the talks I saw actually had content that was anything close to being related to the title. And I want to take a moment as well to acknowledge the indie podcasting community because that's more than the podcast show did. Honestly, the backbone of the industry largely ignored. No, seriously, can you believe it? It's like going to a music festival and forgetting to bring any musicians. They were clearly planting their flag in the ground on this one. This was literally targeted at influencers and people who already have success and how they can marry themselves up with a podcast agency, an advertising agency who could then monetize their IP. That's literally what this event was about. There wasn't much in the way of how to grow your podcast from being a hobbyist or amateur to becoming one of the big boys or big girls. And I find that sad, since that's the origin of podcasting. Certainly when I started this game, way back in the early 2000s, you didn't have many brands dabbling in this space. I kind of wish they'd f*** off, to be honest. Anyway, back to the talks. I want to give particular props to one person who hosted a talk on adding visuals to podcasts. Let me just be clear about that. The talk was meant to be about adding visuals to podcasts, as in audio, as in what a podcast is, as in with an RSS feed, as in audio that goes to podcast apps, as in you listen to them. And this talk was about adding visuals to that. Mike Newman from Audio Boom, he hosted a chat with a YouTuber who honestly seemed as lost as a nun on a field trip to Vegas, mostly because she clearly had zero podcasting knowledge or even an interest in the medium beyond helping the video marketing agency she was partnered with with their representage. 
And poor Mike had to blatantly swallow his cringe while asking for her insights on how to launch a successful podcast from video to audio, which was totally the opposite of the point of the talk's title. I also particularly enjoyed the awkward moment when Mike asked the audience what they'd call a visual podcast and the crowd immediately and unanimously answered with a video and YouTube and not a podcast, as I'm guessing the panel would have been hoping they would have done. Oh dear. It, for me, is a clear sign that people do care about what content is called, regardless of how much we'd like to think we're all modern thinking and fancy. Take note, YouTube. Oof. All right, let's take a quick break now to play a game that I like to call Crazy Claims. I'm going to say three ridiculous things about podcasting that were either genuinely claimed by a speaker or a member of the visiting public during the show, or they're figments of my overactive imagination and I've just made them up. It's your job to guess which is which before the reveal at the end of the episode. Here's number one. Podcasting is dead without transcriptions. Number two. Unless you're earning ad revenue, you're not really podcasting. Number three. The golden ratio of successful podcasting is 70% ads, 30% content. Look, regardless of all this shittery, I'm glad I attended. Networking, sharing some laughs, challenging assumptions, shaking things up. I mean, it did it all. And if you're considering going next year, then do it. But my advice is go with your eyes wide open. Remember, podcasting is about connections, genuine stories, the passion behind the mic. It's not just about talks and glitzy ads. It's not just about tech and monetization. It's the grit, the hustle, the heart. It's that raw connection with your listeners. So yeah, I probably will see you next year at the next show. But, like me, if you come along, remember to pack a healthy dose of skepticism along with your enthusiasm. By the way, if you found yourself as a podcaster attending this event and realizing you learned absolutely nothing of value from the podcast show, then I have an offer for you. Podcast show attendees who want to book themselves in for one of my podcast audits can get one for 25% off the normal price. To claim the offer, just go to podnosepodcasting.co.uk forward slash audit. That's podnose, P-O-D-K-N-O-W-S, podcasting.co.uk forward slash audit. And I look forward to speaking to you soon about your podcast. Because let's face it, it's more than the podcast show London's ever going to do. And if you've been hanging on for the answers to the three podcasting statements that I asked you to decide, are they crazy claims that were genuinely said by people at the show or figments of my overactive imagination? Here's a reminder. Number one, podcasting's dead without transcriptions. Number two, unless you're earning ad revenue, you're not really podcasting. And number three, the golden ratio of successful podcasting is 70% ads, 30% content. Not one of those things was said by an actual speaker at the show. But one of them was said by somebody in the canteen. And you know who you are. And now you know that somebody that actually knows what they're talking about heard you. I'm not going to embarrass you by saying who you were. But I will say this. The golden ratio of successful podcasting is not 70% ads, 30% content. Regardless of what your CEO tells you.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Podmaster Podcast. The fact that you've listened this far tells me you got something out of the episode. Want to get more free tips and insight on how to improve your podcast? Each email will contain insightful, valuable, actionable tips that you can apply to your podcast today to get closer to Podmastery. Sign up now at podmastery.co. That's podmastery.co.